So let's all now turn to Psalm chapter 10, verse 4. Psalm chapter 10, verse 4. And if we could please stand to honor the reading of his word if you possibly can. If not, again, I say this every week, but I, I want you to understand this. If you have a physical reason why you cannot stand, I am not at all saying something bad on that because it's God knows and I know. And I understand this. It's completely understandable. But we're going to read Psalm chapter 10, verse 4, which says this. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. I went to English Standard Version for that version of that verse to make it as blunt as a spoon of what the meaning of that is. We are all originals. Every single one of us, we're originals. You're all originals, you know, every single one of you. And we could say, yes, amen to that. We are originals. And some of us think, thank God, right? Because we're originals and God loves us all. He does. We all have different personalities. And yes, we all have influences. We do. We have influences. Some are Christian, some are not. We see things on TVs that influence us. And we are all originals, every one of us. And God has given us abilities, talents, many things God has given us. Thank God for that. But we are all originals, and God loves us the way we are. That means to say he loves us for who we are. That doesn't mean he loves us the way we are necessarily, in the sense that he doesn't love the sins that we have. He doesn't love the uh, falsities that we have. He doesn't love the sins that sometimes overtake us. Because oftentimes people misunderstand that. God loves you just the way I'm not necessarily. God doesn't love the sin that overtakes us and the pride that we sometimes allow to overtake us. He does, however, love you despite those things. He does. But a lot of times people want to believe that God doesn't want us to change, and that is not true. Sometimes people want to see things their own way and not God's way, and that's that's terrible. That's terribly bad. We shouldn't do that. But a lot of times people want to say, this is my way. And I've always many times quoted my way, which is a good song by uh, Frank Sinatra, who's one of my all-time favorites. I love him. Great voice. Stupid philosophy. Because my way, and by the way, I have a little Frank Sinatra ornament sitting in my office. I love Frank Sinatra. But his way uh, led to all sorts of horrible things. His way is not correct. Uh, one of my favorite, because uh, it's worldly, another song I love very, very much is by the Beatles. And I'm wearing a Beatles tie. I've been waiting a long time to wear this, actually. Uh, I love the Beatles uh, as far as their music goes. Not a lot of their philosophies. A lot of their philosophies led to the destruction of this nation back in the 60s. We have a lot of that going on right now, not because of the Beatles necessarily. But a lot of their uh, hippie thoughts destroyed this nation back in the day of the 60s. Uh, I'm not saying it's just them, but their philosophies. Uh, one of the songs I love so very much, oh, I love a lot of them. I could go through a list right now that I love very, 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 very much. I won't, though. Uh, it's hard for me not to, but I won't. I won't do it. But one of the songs I very, very, very much love is Try to See It My Way. Only time will tell if I am right or I am wrong. You're wrong. But that being said, I, that's a love song. And it's a very arrogant song if you think about it. Try to see it my way. Only time will tell if I am right or wrong, right or I am wrong. While I see it your way, run a risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. We can work it out. Well, that's the title of today's sermon, which is Try to See It My Way. And that is the way that many people are living right now. 
Try to see it my way. And actually, most people don't even say try to see it my way. See it my way or no way. That's how most people live. But try to see it my way. Well, in reality, that's not the way we ought to see it. We ought to see it God's way or no way. Because when we try to see it our way without the Lord God, we run a horrible risk. And you usually will not work it out unless you go to the Lord. That's usually how it goes. A lot of times people come in later on in their life, midlife or whatever it might be, and their life is usually torn up to smithereens. I can't even tell you how many people have come to this church. Uh, usually not when folks are here, usually just me. I've had people want to meet me here, and that's fine. I like that. It doesn't bother me at all. But they want to meet me here. A lot of times it's been friends and other people I've known. They want to meet me here just by themselves, and they'll tell me about things they should have done when they were younger that they didn't, and their life is in, in a mess. Now, this is not to put down the people because I love them. Uh, there's no nothing wrong. I, hey, I'd rather them come here and say they've made mistakes. At least that's honest. At least that shows that they're not too prideful. I like that. But usually, it goes to show you if they had only done that when they were younger, they wouldn't have all that mess. God can bless you even despite the mess, but we shouldn't wait that long. You know, there's a long line that people have on. Running a line of knowing what to do. Because... People get confused between knowing the difference between pride, knowing whether to be prideful or having self-respect. I'm the kind of person who's oftentimes not had much self-respect. I've told you this before. Uh, I was the kind who hated myself most of my life. And sometimes I still have to really tug that line and have to be very, very careful of knowing if I'm supposed to hate myself, uh, knowing if I'm supposed to be against myself. And that's something Satan uses against me. I have to often go to the Lord, go to the Holy Spirit, say, no, I love you. But that's something that we got to be careful because Satan likes to try to use that. And, and he likes to manipulate and belittle. He likes to belittle us and say, you're no good. Of course, it's not good to belittle ourselves and have low self-esteem. It's not good for that. But we got to be careful not to go too far the other way. So it is good to have self-respect. And I have scriptures to show us that. It's very good to have self-respect. We should have self-respect. We should have that. Uh, Satan wants to belittle us. Because, oh, are you being prideful? No, we need to have self-respect. It's good to have that. Let's look at a few scriptures together. It shows that we should have self-respect. We should. And that is Galatians 6, 3 through 5. For if someone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Well, that goes to show you about pridefulness. But it goes on to say, but let each one examine his own work. And when he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. It says, but then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own burden. We're not worth to look at what God can do through us. God can do through us. God wants to use you, and he does. He wants to use you. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? God dwells in you. We should be happy about that, that God dwells in us. God loves us. He loves us. God is not done with you. He loves you very much. If God loves you, you should love you. I, I, it took me a long time, very long time, over 30 years, very long time for me to finally see when I'm hating me, I'm hating who God loves. And that's wrong. We shouldn't hate ourselves. First Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. This is also to say, do not hurt your body. You know, I'm not going to disrespect you. If you have chosen to do things to your body, for instance, tattoos and 
and piercings, all this thing. That's when you and the Lord. I'm not going to say anything to you about that. Uh, maybe you did it before you're saved. Maybe you're saved and you go to church and says it's okay to do those things. I'm, I'm not going to get into all that with you. Uh, uh, that being said, we do need to be careful. One of the things that I did to myself, I'm ashamed to say, is I allowed myself to get very obese, and I didn't treat my body right with those things. I should have, and I didn't. I then got right, and then now I'm suffering with that again. I'm, I'm working on that again now. I'm working very hard on that. It's very difficult, but we should treat our bodies right. Everybody's body is different when it comes to that, too. But we need to be very, very careful. Treat your body right and be healthy as you can be, as you possibly can. Everybody's body is different. But when it comes to treating it like a temple, we need to remember that we are here to serve the Lord God, not to serve self. We need to be very careful with that. Very careful. And then, of course, in Matthew 22, 39. Now, this is talking about the commandments and what they are important. Uh, what are the most important ones? And the secondary one that Jesus Christ said, and this is the second part of that verse in 22, 39, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This oftentimes gets used as how we're to treat others, and we should treat them right. But notice the second part of that, as yourself. I had to be reminded of this throughout my life, that if you're going to treat others well, you got to treat yourself well too. Now, on the list of loves, I often say that you're to put yourself on the bottom of that. And that is true, that you're to treat other people well. You're to love God first, spouse second, children, family next, then your friends, then your enemy, then you, because you're to treat other people as well as you want to treat yourself. But you still got to treat yourself well. You got to do that. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Problem is, a lot of times when people start treating themselves well and start thinking good on themselves, which you should think good on yourself because you are a creation of God, a lot of times that goes way too far. Satan likes to belittle and manipulate and treat you bad and make you think poorly on yourself. Oh, don't be prideful. Oh, you got to think bad on yourself. He did that to me so, so long. I'm sure he's done it to you too. Or maybe some of you. But and he does it a lot to women or very, very uh, sensitive men. But then he goes too far on the other direction. And that is, we need to know it's not good to be prideful. Not good to be prideful. A lot of people are, because he manipulates you that way too, Satan does. As I said before, he manipulates us to think, oh, well, I got everything. I'm everything. I'm so good. I'm good. I'm just proud of what God made. No, we got to be careful about that. Don't go too far that direction. Now, why am I saying this now? Because we can see what's going on in the nation, that people are being very prideful, putting themselves before all others. Well, we got to be careful about that. We'll get to that in a second. For instance, I love our president. I do. You may disagree with me. I'm not too worried about that. A lot of people disagree with me. But I'm all right with that. I do love him. By the way, I love the president we had before. I didn't love his ways. I'll be honest with you. I didn't love his ways. I didn't agree with him almost anything. There's only a couple, very little things I agree with him about. I loved him as far as his place, uh, his uh, position. I didn't like him as a person. I'll be truthful. But I do love our president. However, he can be prideful. I don't agree with his pridefulness. I don't. Uh, one of the things about him, though, is he's very confident, and he takes pride in what he does. I don't have a problem with someone being confident in what they do. I don't have a problem with that. If someone is confident in what they can do in business, or has pride in their position and what they do. I don't have a problem with that. For instance, my little nephew is good at drawing. He is confident in that. He's also confident that he'll get better as he goes. I've got no problem with that, as long as it's not arrogant. There's a difference in that, see? It's the same thing with people out there. i got no problem with someone taking pride in what they do and being confident in that, as long as it doesn't become arrogant. And there's a difference. And I pray and hope that our president is a Christian. I don't know that he is. There's certain things he said that makes me doubt that. But I do pray for him every day that he will become one if he's not. 
And I do think that he needs to work on the way he presents himself as far as that goes. I do love him, though. And I do pray also for the leftist media, who is also arrogant in the way that they uh, treat themselves, every single one of them. And also on the, uh, the left side of the aisle of the people in government, also arrogant and also can't be wrong in their own opinion. That being said, every single one of them needs the Lord and needs to serve the Lord. And every single one of us do. Uh, we all need to be careful about how we come off. For instance, me right now, I hope I don't come off sounding prideful. It may sound like I am, but it's not Philip Coons who's always right, because I'm not. I'm not always right, but the Lord God is. I'm not up here giving you my opinion. I'm up here telling you about the facts that come from the Word of God, just so you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to let you think that Philip was right, because I'm not. I'm not always right. But let's take a look at James 4.6. But he gives more grace, talking about the Lord, he gives more grace for this reason. It says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need to be humble. Every single one of us need to be humble and give the credit where the credit is due. It is the Lord that gives us abilities. I used to work drawing caricatures at World of Fun. I wasn't the greatest. In fact, there's a lot of things I look back on and go, oh, boy, they could have done a lot better there. I'm okay with that. Not because of the mistakes I've made, but because you get better in time. There's still times I draw and times I mess up. That's why a lot of times we'll use light tracers, because I might mess up on the pencils. I'm not the best artist. I'm, in fact, I could tell you I'm one of the worst in certain areas. But I fix things. You see, you fix things. That's what you do. You don't get arrogant. But I worked with some people. They're good. They're very good. But they weren't the best in the world either. They made mistakes. Some of their faces all look the same, to be honest with you. But that doesn't mean they weren't good. They were good. But some of them were very arrogant, very arrogant. Like, oh, I'm the best in the world. Their heads were so big they couldn't even fit through the door. And I don't know if you've seen the world of fun doors. They're pretty big. The point is this. I would always give my credit to the Lord God, as we should all. Now, I'm not saying that God is what made them get better through their talent, but God gave them the talent in the first place. The same with you at home. The same with you here. God gives you the ability to sing. God gives you the ability to, to draw. God gives you the ability to do whatever athletic abilities you have or whatever it is. God gives you that ability. What you do with it, that's up to you. But God gave you the ability and the want-tos and the know-hows. So let's give God credit where credit is due. You wouldn't have it if it weren't for the Lord God. Jeremiah 9.23 Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, and let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. And this is what I say, even the president who I love, but I'm telling you, we need to make sure that no matter what you have, we need to give credit where credit is due. Always. Thank you, Lord, for the riches of the wealthy man. Thank you, Lord, for those who are good enough to give and take care of those who need it. I praise the Lord for those who are wealthy and who do take care of others. You know, I don't know if you know of, a, of an actor named Keanu Reeves. Uh, Bill and Ted and all those other things he does. But I'm very thankful for a man like that, and I'll tell you why. Because he takes a little of what he earns, but most of it he gives to the, to the needy. He gives away. I think that's very kind, very loving. He knows he doesn't need 20 million, 30 million, 40 million. He usually takes a million, which is still a lot of money, takes a million and gives the rest of it away. Isn't that kind? Isn't that loving? I mean, think about how much he's made, all the movies he's made. He takes a million from each and gives all the other millions away to the poor and to those who need it. Now, isn't that wonderful? 
that, that, that's a, a kind man. That's the way the wealthy ought to be, I think. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done out of strife or conceit, but in humility let each esteem the other better than himself. That's how we ought to do it. Instead of looking at ourselves how great we are, being prideful and full of, what look what I can do. I can do anything. I can do everything. No, we shouldn't do that. We should look at how much better the people next to us are. How it ought to always be. I've known many arrogant folk, and usually there's a downfall for that, almost always. Proverbs 21.4. And keep in mind, this is the wisest man who wrote most of these. Proverbs 21.4. A high look, a proud heart, and a plowing of the wicked are sin. They are. The being arrogant is sin. Proverbs 11.2. When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. With the humble is wisdom. You know when you're humble. We're not talking about being ashamed of yourself. We're talking about using a humble heart to praise the Lord God. That doesn't mean you can say, oh, I do no good. I did that as a kid. Oh, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. No, you're not. You're not enough. There's something because God made you to be so. Take pride in what God made you to be, but don't be prideful and think that you're all that because you're not. You're what God made you to be. Put pride in the Lord God because he's the one that the pride should go to, not yourself. I like this. Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not be unpunished. Whoa, whoa. Isn't that something? And then this one. Here's one you hear a lot. Proverbs 16, 18. Probably the biggest one. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're full of yourself, you're going to fall down. You're going to fall down. Oh, you will. Rather be now or after life. You're going to fall. You're going to be you're going to fall. You most certainly will. Proverbs 26:12. Do you see a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than for him. You know, we've been watching the life of Daniel. Very humble man. But we've also been seeing that in that life he came across other lives, one of them being King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was very full of pride. He believed himself to, to have all the knowledge in the world. He had so much, he had riches, he had so many things. In doing so, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, ended up believing he had it all. He would try to, he would kill people if they didn't agree with him. He even built a, a god, a, I'm talking about lowercase g, a big golden god, and because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow to it, he threw him into the fiery furnace. They didn't die though. They said they're not going to bow to him. So they, they threw him into the fiery furnace, but he saw the likeness of God there. We know all the things he did to Daniel, too. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's not the one who threw Daniel to the lions. instead. But here's what happened. He had a dream, and in this dream, uh, he saw a tree, a tree that was growing. I've talked about it before. He saw a tree growing, seven great big branches coming out. He saw wild animals and things eating from fruits and other things. With this, God told him, yeah, I hear it. Uh, it's like God was telling him right there. No, but God uh, told him uh, something and he couldn't figure it out. So he talked to Daniel. Daniel said, for seven years, a year from now, a year from now, you're going to be prideful. You're going to forget about this dream. And a year from now, you're going to go out around prideful and think yourself above the Lord and everything of his earth. Then you're going to go out and you're going to live like a wild animal. And then until you admit 
that God is above you and your kingdom until you admit that, you are going to live like an animal on this earth. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar forgot about it. And he went around prideful, looking at all that he had on this earth. Oh, I have it all. No one is above me. Suddenly, boom, he was nuttier than a pet coon. He was out there. He was all of a sudden naked as a member of a nudist colony. He was out there living in the wild. He was eaten like an animal. He was, had long nails. He had hair all over the place. More hair than me. I can get what's done. Take much. He was out there. He was living crazy. Seven whole years. And then all of a sudden, while he's out there living crazy, it comes to his mind that God is above all. And while he, whether he whispered from his mouth or in his mind, I'm not sure, but I do know one thing. When he said this, suddenly, boom, his wisdom comes back to him. He came back, and because God gave it to him, his kingdom comes back to him, and he told them there is one God and one God only, one God that they will serve. Because Nebuchadnezzar knew his pride was his downfall, and that is what's going to happen on this earth. And right now, right now here in the United States of America, there are many, many, many people who are allowing their pride to get the better of them, destroying things out there, taking down statues, telling people that they are in charge. But I'm here to tell you right now, the Lord God is in charge. You are not in charge. The Lord is in charge. And you will be like Nebuchadnezzar, whether you be naked out there, whether you be stripped from all your power that you believe you have. And I'm talking to you people. I'm talking to you of the leftist community. I'm not just I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about those who are immoral. If you do not get right with the Lord God, you will fall. Because that's what pride does. You need to get right. And I'm talking about all people. It doesn't matter what society you're a part of, and it doesn't matter what political part you're a part of. Because if you are prideful and you put yourself above the Lord God, you're going to fall. Without God, you have nothing. And you may say to yourself, why is he saying leftist? Why is he saying leftist? There's only one side of the aisle that's trying to take God out of America. There's only one. There's only one. And let me just tell you this. No one knows everything. No one. No one knows everything except the Lord God. No one on this earth knows everything. Those who say there is no God, you need to take no advice from them. You need to take advice from the Lord God. I have people who talk to me occasionally. They say there is no God, and they try to give me advice. I say, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. I had it years ago. I, I went to try to get some dinosaur stuff to teach kids with. Of course, I was going to teach him about the Lord God and how he created dinosaurs. What's by the way he did? We'll talk about that in a few weeks from now. But here's the thing. They were trying to correct me and teach me how millions and billions and trillions of you. Oh, shut up, use. In the words of Archie Bunker, the fact of the matter is God created the dinosaurs. God created us all. You poor soul. And I don't say this because I'm mad at the person. I'm sad at that person sad at it. No one knows everything, only the Lord God does, and I know what he says. Isaiah 2.12 For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everything that is proud and lofty and upon everything that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Without him, I can do nothing. Because I can't. Proverbs 26.12 Do you see a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than for him, as I said before. As I said before, 
There are, you know, I was talking about this nation. I was talking about this world. There's even Christians who go along with it. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to argue with them. I don't want to argue either. I don't not argue it. I say the biblical facts. I don't argue with them. And they say, oh, you're wrong. Well, it's not about Philippines, to be honest with you. It's not about this gorgeous face. <laughs> I'm just joking, by the way. I don't think I'm gorgeous. But it's not about me. It's about he. In the end, I'm not going to argue with them. I state what the Bible says, especially when they don't know. When they say, the Bible doesn't say anything about this. I look at that. I don't want to get involved with it. I don't. The lazy me says, walk on, say nothing. But then I say, oh, man. And I pray. And God says, you saw this for a reason. Oh, man. So I send a note. I say, well, actually, according to the word of God, the Bible, that's what I always say. According to the word of God, the Bible, in Leviticus, blah, 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 or whatever it is. And I'll put it out there. God bless. Love you. And, and I mean that, incidentally. But usually I get all sorts of suggestions back, usually not friendly. And that's okay. Not okay that they say it, but okay because I'm not going to argue with them. There's no reason to. I wipe my feet and walk on. Now they know. And knowings have the battle against the enemy. That's what they need. You need to get, go on. You can't convince them, but now they have the information they need. And that's what we have to do. You need to take loving, and I mean this to you, folks. We all, all Christians, none of us know everything, no matter what it's about. We need to take loving, godly criticism. And I'm talking about biblical. And this is from brothers and sisters of Christ, too. We need not to be know-it-alls, any of us. We need not to jump on people. Well, really, I know everything about the Bible. No, don't do that. Don't do that. We need to have loving, godly criticism. Loving, godly criticism towards perfection. Now, what's perfection? Not us. Christ. Loving, godly criticism. Not, you're stupid, and listen, here's why. No. Ignorant, yes, but we don't need to say that either. They are ignorant because they don't know the word, and they don't know the Lord. But we got to be careful how we say it. Listen to what James 4.10 says. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Proverbs 13, 10. Arrogance leads to nothing but strife, but wisdom is gained by those who take advice. We need to take advice. We as Christians, we don't know everything. We definitely know, know all the word. We don't have memorized for it backward. We work on it, but we need to take advice. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who listens to counsel is wise. We need to listen, especially for those who feel like they were belittled as children, who were belittled growing up. We oftentimes say, I don't want to listen. No, I'm going to prove myself right. Prove yourself right by admitting that we're often wrong. And God is always right. I'm not talking about this person's right, but God is right. Now, be careful the ones you take advice from. I'll tell you that. If you're listening to Joe Blow down the street, and Joe Blow has a long list of stupidity he's done, especially against the Lord God. And he's known for drug dealing and being drunk and sleeping around out of wedlock and all this stuff. He goes, you know what God said? Hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be listening to Joe Blow. I know what God said not to do, and most of it's what he's done. I'm just telling you. Be wise. Go to your pastors. Go to the people on TV like Franklin Graham. Go to the people like Charles Stanley. 
Go to the people that you know. Follow God. Be wise and do such things. Proverbs 27, 2. Let another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. If you want to be praised how great you are, let it be from the Lord God and through the people that he has sent your way. Let's not talk about how great we are all the time. It's something people do. Look how awesome I am. Boy, I'm awesome. Darn it. You know, I joke with you sometimes about how handsome I am and all that stuff. That's all a joke. If you knew me, really knew me, you know that I was far from ever thinking such a thing. It's always sarcastic and silly. In reality, we're not to be arrogant whatsoever. Doesn't mean you can't know good things that God's given you. But we're not to walk around talking about how great we are. No. We need to try to see it my way. No. Always see it God's way through his word. Don't take my word for it, by the way. When it comes to God's word, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Read it yourself. I a lot of times give you the scriptures. I love that I see certain ones writing down those scriptures. I see them writing it down. That's good. Read it yourself. Now, you may have other versions than I, but read it yourself. Know it. Follow it. Be guided by it. Romans 12, 3, once again I say, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sound judgment according to the measure of faith God has distributed to every man. God's given you wisdom. Follow it through the Holy Spirit. You have that wisdom. When people tell you something that doesn't sound right, and you know you felt it. Usually it's the Holy Spirit saying, eh, that's not right. That's not what God said. That's not what my pastor said. And by the way, it's not because the pastor's right. It's because the pastor's reading through the word of God. And you know that. You know. You know you know. You know you know that you know. And you can feel it deep down. There's something in your heart telling you, that's not right. You ever watch something on TV and you go, eh. you just feel it deep. In the bottom of the bottom of your heart. You know something's not right. Especially when they do it and claim it in the name of Jesus. And something just isn't right. You know. It's not because you're perfect. And it's not because you know everything. It's not because it's your way. But you want to do things God's way. That's the way it has to be. Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not pretend to be wiser than you are. Make sure that when you speak to others. And this is very important. Make sure when you speak to others that you don't go off trying to sound smarter than all of them. I try very hard not to. And if I ever come off that way, I'm very sorry. I always want you to know, and this is, this is right from my heart. It's not because I'm smarter than you. I'm not. The Lord God is smarter than all of us. He knows everything. I don't want you to ever think that I believe I'm better than you, any of you. I'm not. This is why I often talk about my faults. I was nervous about that when I first started. I was very nervous about it. I had different ones saying, you shouldn't do that. Well, here's the thing. I don't do that so that you can say, ah, pastor has cursed. Ah, pastor has gotten mad and thrown fits. Ah, pastor has overeaten. Ah, well, by the way, don't pick must have looked and see that. Ah, pastor is this and pastor is that. That's not the reason. It's so that you know that just like you, I have had faults, which I don't think it takes a genius to know that. But here's the thing. I'm saying this to you to know that together we can follow God and through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can follow him together and through his perfection, we can get better every day. That's why, because I don't want you to think I'm prideful and arrogant 
And some pastors do come off that way. And this is not to put them down. No, 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 no. I do this so you will see that together we can walk and follow the Lord God together. That's important. It's very important. But you can have confidence in Christ and God Almighty. Not confidence in yourself, as, and I'm talking about pridefulness. You can have confidence in the fact that God is God. Christ is God in the flesh. He died for you. He lives in you. He lives in you. So every day when you may make a mistake and you can say, I can do nothing. Yes, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, you may make a mistake, but Christ lives within you. So quit faltering and falling on your own strength and be built up on the strength of Jesus Christ who lives within you. Be built up on the strength of the Holy Spirit who reminds you that Christ lives within you. And remember, don't listen to the enemy who wants to tear you down, but be built up on the strength of Jesus. That's what we need to be built up on. And one last thing I want to say to you before we go to the Lord in prayer today, and that is 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love flaunts not itself. It is not puffed up. So as we have the love of Jesus Christ flowing through us, we need to remember not to look prideful and puffed up, but to allow people to see the love of Jesus Christ as it reaches out to others and that they can come and join us as we walk and follow Jesus and they can be right there with us. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we pray right now that you will help us at this time of our lives and this time of the nation. That you help us not to be filled with pride, but to have pride in you. That you will help us not to be prideful, but Lord God, have self-respect. Self-respect that we are following you and not our own way. Lord God, we don't want to try to see it our way, but try to see it your way, Lord God. And so we pray, Lord God, through your word and through prayer that we will continuously grow in you. We pray all of this. In your name, and we do pray right now if there be anyone here today who does not know you or who is hurting today, whether it be spiritually or physically or emotionally, I pray right now that they'll come forward. Lord God, I pray if there's anyone at home right now who is terrified, who feels that they have something they need to pray about, that even right now they'll call out to you and you're with them. I pray this in your name. Amen.